Hey, everybody. Tyree here with Before I Forget, along with the greatest, uh, along with Kevin. Say hey, Kevin. Hey, folks. Um, <laughs> Tyree is here. Plugs. I'm here, and we have a very special guest today, and her name is Cindy Jacks. Sydney, um, tell us about yourself, <clears throat> please. Okay. Um, well, first off, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Sydney Jacks. I'm a major in the Army. I'm active duty. I've only been active duty. I commissioned in 2012 through ROTC from the University of Scranton, where I did ROTC and played basketball for four years. Um, I commissioned, got my branch of choice, which was AG. Um, I did airborne school after my second year of college, so then that landed me at Fort Bragg. Uh, before college, you know, just the youngest of four, uh, all athletes. Two of my siblings are college coaches. I played basketball since I could walk. Um, grew up in New Jersey, born and raised. And so basketball is really what got me into ROTC and, and uh, the Army. And then I commissioned, I went to Fort Bragg where I was a postal platoon leader for like almost two years, deployed with them, uh, took my platoon to four different countries like all at once for my first deployment, came back, uh, found out that I was the battalion S1, like my new job was to be the battalion S1 for 2nd Battalion, 325th Airborne Infantry Regiment. It's a battalion in 2BCC in the 82nd. And um, found out on my first day I was the first female assigned. Not necessarily from the support from the BSB, but actually assigned to the um, units EMTO for any of the three infantry battalions in that brigade. So I found that out the first day. Um, absolutely amazing two years with them. Like, yeah, there was a lot, there was a number of challenges with integration, but nothing that like we didn't work through. Um, I had an absolutely amazing leadership, made amazing brothers, amazing friends, um, deployed with them to Erbil and Mosul in 2017. I had to redeploy early to go to the Captain's Four course, um, and then when I was there, I decided to put a packet in to uh, go to Rastu for the 75th Ranger Regiment. Um, and it wasn't out of the blue. Like, there was already communication with them. Uh, they needed an AG officer. And they were ready with integration. And um, I had proven myself in the last battalion. So I went to Rastu out of the Cadence Career course. I uh, graduated um, PCS to Fort Benning, and then three years later, I went to Ranger School. Uh, had a, you know, extended stay there, and then uh, served as the regimental S1, so the primary staff officer for the S1 for two and a half years, a couple more deployments there. Then I did a training with industry assignment for a year in Orlando, Florida, where I learned a bunch of software, and that's why I'm here in D.C. now, um, designing the next release of IPSAE. We're integrating talent management and pay into the future uh, Army software. Oh, I have questions for you then. Jeez. <laughs> I'm, so I'm still in the reserves, and 
Ipse has we have a, I have a, I have a soldier who who was mad about his pay. <laughs> he finally got paid, but Ipse definitely held it up pretty bad. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, what is so what then, is Ipse so for, that's, for, that's a for us that don't know? What is Ipse? Yeah. What Tyree? What is Ipse for folks who who don't know? Like so, it stands for the Integrated Pay Personnel Pay System Army, and it's merging all three components. Uh, so it's been active with the National Guard for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's merging National Guard Active Reserve into taking all of the like 30 plus different databases uh, coded in really old code across all different databases and merging it into one centralized location where all of your HR is done in one location. Um, it's the most complex thing I have ever had to wrap my head around. Uh <laughs> how how we have how we have done that um it's the largest hr database in the world and especially once we bring pay into it it's the lar- it's going to be the largest hr pay database you know it's 1.1 million people so there's going to be complications there's going to be things that have to get ironed out um i mean it's huge and yeah. but it's really the future of streamlining your hr so you don't have to update it one spot than the other than the other it's Doing away with the 4187 is the goal with the goal of it. Doing away with your leave forms and getting to a point where we're, we're, we don't need to submit, submit forms anymore. Thank, um, thank you so, it's pretty cool. so much. Thank you so much for working <laughs> on that because, man, I was in for a, a time and that was a massive headache for me. Anytime these, the yeah. paperwork for anything came up, I'd much rather just not and deal with the consequences later I'm lazy. <laughs> then uh, deal with all that. So thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for explaining yeah. that because the listeners, sometimes they don't know. Or, yeah, or cool. us. Or us. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I, I didn't even know that Ipsy was going to do all of that stuff. I just thought my understanding of it was um, it was, it was going all the way back to like what AKO was, but instead of hi- having hyperlinks to all these different websites, it's all just right there. Um, yeah. There's going to, I mean, there's going to be hyperlinks here and there until we get certain things um, interfaced or subsumed along the way. But it's the the things that um, I mean. There's 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 software and systems that it's it's hard to find somebody that can even rewrite that code to fix something that's wrong. Um, it's that outdated. So um, working with just brilliant people, super out of the box, innovative thinkers, and my favorite part is being involved with the talent management side. Um, I grew up as an AG officer where. Uh, you you could do you could get things done under the table, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. also being the RS one for seventy fifth, like we don't rely on HRC for Manning. Um, well, they don't. It's not we, but they don't um, <laughs> rely on HRC. So and then the talent management is very autonomous to them. So having that experience, learning from people that have grown up there, and just having a lot of fun with it. Like if I wasn't. If I wasn't in the army, I'd be coaching basketball. Um, so, you know, that experience and that perspective of to build the right team. How do you identify the player that you want to recruit? How do you know who you need on the team? Not just based off of, you know, their size or their skills. It's like what their talents are, um, personalities, how they mesh, what they're interested in, you know, what they want to do with their life. So it, it's really taking my life of making sense of the army through basketball and turning that into talent management, which is kind of what I've done in the army. So that reminded me of a story and I'm 
totally going to butcher like the who, who, what, when, where, why, and how. But so it was, it was a U.S. Olympic team and we were playing Russia back when Russia was like the USSR, I think like the eighties, maybe the seventies. Mm-hmm. And the coach that was hired to, 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 to put together this, this team, cause I guess we didn't have like enough, like, or any professional players that could be a part of this. So he recruited uh, um, these college players and they're going to go up against like Russia. Right. And they're just like big dominant team and they've been playing forever. They're all pros. And the guy, uh, I guess when he was looking for the people that were going to play on the team, he was looking for um, not the best players, but the people that could, that got along that could play well together. And I, mm-hmm. I, I was the, reading that story. I was like, that is really, really neat to like, I mean, <clears throat> you, you think as a coach or somebody looking for talent at all, you know, in, in, in general, you're like, you're looking for the best of the best. Right. But um, my understanding of, of what they did for that or reading that, you know, what he did is he looked for the people that could perform well together um and that's my understanding of like special operations community in the military and um it's just, i just thought that was kind of a like is that kind of when, when you talk about like coaching basketball or like what you're doing now i mean is that kind of a, does that play a big part in it yeah i mean i it's the whole psychology behind teamwork too um and and competition so and I think it's it's also what you're interested in. Like you can take so that there were some operational strength things that I had to come in and focus on right away when I had that RS1 job, and especially when it comes to recruiting and wanting to find non-infantry people wanting to go there and wanting to go through the selection and wanting to serve there. And I quickly found that like. The, the best the best that we could find in the conventional force don't always want that challenge. Mm. Um, maybe it's because they, they didn't want the realization that they may not be the best um, or it's, you know, it's extreme selflessness to be in a unit like that. But what I found was, like, how do we find the people who are interested in it that may not necessarily already have their ranger tab, but are interested in it and they want it and there's no database that I can go in and find that mm-hmm. there's nowhere I can go in an HR network or software and find interest or knowledge and skills and behaviors that might align to what you need in, in a personality and in that grit or in that drive. Uh, because again, like you said, it just because somebody is the best doesn't make them a good teammate. So it's finding the people that want to work and they, they, they want that humility. They want that teamwork. Um, they're interested in it. And you can you can build off of that. You can mold somebody with that. Uh, you can, they're impressionable. So uh, that's kind of what we started focusing on. And we fixed a lot of problems. So Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Um, yeah. You know, I didn't really, I, still being in and, and knowing that this transition to IPSA is going on and all the, the headaches that are going on with it. Like I submitted my retirement packet in December and now it's, now it's being held up because of the transition and I'm yeah. super sad about it, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. I'm sorry uh, about that. There's a lot of people that it's, <laughs> there's, um, and you know what else? We're also kind of going through that transition right now of like the unit that I'm in, 
built it, tested it, designed it and everything. And eventually that has got to push to the stakeholders. That's got to push to HRC. That's got to push to the people who are now going to take responsibility of it. And so that's that phase, like that'll get phased out pretty quickly once once people get used to it and they learn it. Um, super optimistic about also like the younger generation getting their hands on it because I think they're learning it much faster. Mm-hmm. And that's no shade to uh, more senior generations. It's just these younger people are, that's what they grew up on yeah. in software. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll, we'll get through those bumps in the road once the roles and responsibilities are just integrated. <laughs> so. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so not to uh, change the subject so quickly, but I, I really want to talk about you being a badass. Um, so it's like, that won't be backstory. a long conversation. <laughs> no, it's, it'll be a very long conversation. I promise. Um, hours. So, and, and, and okay. So it, sure. It's, it's my perspective, my opinion, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's uh, the general consensus, even though there are the haters out there, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, they can get fucked. So, um, and I mean that sincerely, Language. genuinely from the deepest part of my heart, like I can't stand people like that. Not at all. Um, so Tyree and I, we were both infantry when we were active duty. And fucking right. But back from uh, back in 01 to 05. Uh, and and uh, we were stationed in Germany. And I remember, you know, the, the prospect of going to Ranger School, the prospect of going special forces or doing anything outside of that was was, you know, like it was just it was just far reaching goal. Like it, it was just like it was there. You could see it. But like it wasn't truly attainable for us because, you know, for us to go to ranger school, we had to go to a PRC over in Germany. And then even if we completed it, we had to be selected and then we would have to go to we would go to Georgia and and, and do the school or however that worked out. Right. Mm-hmm. And they only held PRC, I think, twice while we were there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so so we had to think like. I got there October 05, or I'm sorry, 01. Uh, Tyree showed up. Would you? Was it January 02? Yeah. Then we went straight to Kosovo for six and a half months in 02, and then came back, and then 14 months later, we were in Iraq. And so there wasn't what, it wasn't a ton of time to go do those things, so we were pretty busy. And then in 03, we were in the field constantly, so it was just kind of a thing. Well, you were but, doing your job. Right. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you weren't going to a school, you were going you doing your job. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and, and so that was kind of the thing though. And I that's one of my biggest regrets is not ever trying out for it. And I will say, shamefully, I did I did put my name on the list to go to PRC, um, the pre ranger course, and it, it, it kicked off the day that I got back from block leave in um was it January fourth or fifth of two thousand three. And I had just come off the plane, just got back mm-hmm. to the barracks. Um, Sergeant Zom, he was the guy that was like, you know, leading the whole thing, him and another guy, Sergeant Worth. And he like, he's like, hey, man, uh, tonight, I think it was like 2200. We're knocking on doors and you're, and you're, we're going. And I was like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> I am going to be at the Rock Fabrique downtown doing <laughs> soldierly things. And completely immature of me. And I, I, I regret it every moment. I don't know that I would have been selected because I was a new soldier and they, they did select the guys that had been there for a while or had been in, been in the army for a while. I don't think they selected any, um, uh, uh, lower enlisted guys. It was all NCOs that went, but still it would have been a great experience. And it's, it, it's, it's one of my biggest regrets is not trying out for Ranger, not, not, not trying out for selection. 
and um, now I'm 40 and I hurt and, and I like my sleep and just all these other things. And, and, but here you are, um, the, you said the 18th woman in the United States army to get the Ranger tab. And yeah. I think that's fucking badass because it is something that I've always wanted to do and I've never done it. And so when I see, I, those are celebrities to me, you know, Tyree lives in LA where he gets to see celebrities. I see, I see you guys walking around, um, people with tabs, Sapper, Ranger, SF doesn't matter. And I'm just like, Oh my God, that guy's, that person's done some things. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a weirdo and, you looking at him. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm that creeper. That's just like staring at you. And I'm like, Oh man. You know? <laughs> who is this person <laughs> yeah 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 um look at it. so it is um so uh, so on that so you said um gosh yeah i told you i was gonna have you say it, but i'm just gonna say so you were the 18th uh woman in the army to get the tab the ranger tab mm-hmm. and you were the first ag or first woman no, regiment. first first woman in the army to have the scroll in the tab yeah. And for those that don't know, the scroll, and I've, I've even had to explain this to people in the army too. So the Ranger scroll, um, <laughs> when, yeah, right? when you're, when you're in a unit, right, you have a unit patch that you wear on your left shoulder and in the, the Ranger regiments, um, they wear a scroll. It's a, that's the, just the, the, the design of the patch. When you deploy with a unit, you get to wear, if you're there for, was it 30 days or however it is, um, you get to wear that patch as a combat patch on your opposite shoulder. And so when 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 we say that Sydney here is tabbed and scrolled, she has a ranger tab goes up here. Did you notice, by the way, whenever you got your ranger tab, that you're like your your, your left shoulder was a little bit heavier? <laughs> Dude, every everything in my body was like broken, so everything was heavier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, ranger tab and then uh, scrolled on the other side. Um, no, I like to make that joke because we had the guy uh, Sergeant Gill. Um, who, who, when he got back from Ranger School, it seemed like he was always, whenever he would talk to people, he was always, always had his, his left shoulder towards you. You know what I mean? Just kind of like. Yeah, there's people like that. Yeah. Can't knock <laughs> it, man. It's a hard class, uh, school. It's not something, uh, I, I had no intention of going to that school, period, <laughs> because for one, it's cold. For two, I like warm. So cold is bad. <laughs> Uh, we'll I, like to, I like to eat. Yeah, summer. Then <laughs> summer I'm hot. Nice then I'm, then I'm burning up and dying that way. No, yeah. I can't deal with any of that stuff. I don't want to be that person in the back complaining. So let the tough ones go, and I'll be in the back uh, uh, picking up the stragglers. But my question is: uh, again, it's a badass school. It's not something that's easy for people to get into. A lot of men hate on you i'm sure because we just posted information like we're going to have this person on our show and people were already oh, i'm sure you got a you got a lot just fucking assholes yep. about it so what mm-hmm. how do you deal with that because I, I you know you got to see it constantly i feel bad for them mm. i like that um answer. and yeah. i genuinely like I'm, I'm a i'm actually like an extremely empathetic person i i almost didn't i almost didn't mm, so my empathy is very high on the scale for usually what they're looking for, but I think that's what makes me a, a really good S1 it's because I genuinely care about that person uh, that I'm taking that I'm taking care of. And like, I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people won't know this about me, but why, why I, one, why I was um, asked to, like um, the conversation came up for me to even go to rest. Um, I'm a good S1, like I'm a, I'm a good AG officer because I care 
and I genuinely care about where people are coming from. And when it comes to the hate or when it comes to the doubters, like that's, that's one of the most fun things is I know when I, with those two units, like I knew there was a lot of people that didn't want me there. I knew there were a lot of people that didn't care. And I knew there were a lot of people that wanted to keep a distance and see what I was about. Um, but it's the same feeling as going and playing pickup on the, on post on the weekends where it's a bunch of dudes playing on the court. And I know they don't think I can run with them, but it's the, I keep the same tactic where it's okay. Yeah. You'll see me on the court next over with a pretty good shot, <laughs> like shooting pretty well, dribbling pretty well, watching them play. I'll get picked up on the court. I integrate into the flow of the game. I make a couple plays. I make a couple defensive plays. I get a couple people a really good shot. I make a couple, I, you know, and it's like, okay, okay, she can run. Like, okay, she can play. And you build that respect. You build that trust. You show that, yeah, like, I'm here to play. I'm here to work, and I can do my job well. And then with those guys, like, once they turn and they realize and they grow and – they grow as a human being, like everyone's human. Everyone's got their flaws. And um, I trust myself that if you spend enough time with me, you realize what I'm about. Um, and yeah, like there's some people that'll never know me and they'll put hateful things on my posts or they'll talk about it or whatever. And they get, ex- it makes them feel good <laughs> to put other people down. Like, first off, I feel bad for you. Like, I can't imagine what it would be like to have that perspective on life because life is pretty cool when you're a good person. Um, and then I also know that, okay, you know, like if they do get time with me or they do reach out to me and have a conversation with me where they're trying to check me or challenge me, um, you're going to know what I'm about. And it's not just me. It's, there's plenty of women that are like me. Um, that's a really long answer, but (laughs) no, it's good. Kind of my perspective on it. And it's like, also, when it came to Ranger School, like, from day one, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of crap. And, again, as an athlete, you turn what you need to into motivation. Um, you know what the bigger picture is. You know that there's people that are going to want to hit you and foul you extra hard. But you just turn that into, like, game time. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like, I'm playing this game, and you're not going to win. You gotta bring that baller out. That uh, everyone's all talking shit until you cross them up, right? So yeah, or or you take a ball from them, like exactly. Punch them in the face. Hey, I have to um, pause for a second. I I I fucked up. What? I mean, you're, you're, about to, you're about you're about to. Well, he is. Who? You are. What do you mean? Recording in progress. Oh, oh fucking video. My God. But that's okay, but that's okay, because we have your audio, and I can okay. so that's no worries. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Um, no, I, I was just so flustered with getting home, but um, it's recording now. Um, <laughs> but so to, and, and, and so we'll just pretend it's happening, but we're, we're going to continue anyway. Yeah. Um, and, like I said, we have the audio, so it's all good to go. But anyway. Okay. Um, that is... Uh, so, and I told Tyree uh, when um, when uh, we made that post on Facebook, and I was I was reading through the comments, and I Facebook I, is brutal. It is, and I like to be a troll to the, some of these people because um, they deserve to get their 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 um, to get shaken up a bit. And there was a couple of guys that were just like, I mean, 
making comments and I don't think people on social media realize that like your profile is also public and I can look at you. And so when I hear dudes saying like, Oh, they lowered the standards. That's how women got through. Or, um, you know, Oh, they gave them a free pass or, or this or that, or they didn't have to do certain things in ranger school to you know, complete it. <laughs> I imagine you know, them. Wheezing. I imagine like them what? wheezing when they're saying that to themselves though, like wheezing and eating Cheetos. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is I looked at a couple of these guys' profile um, and they're just these behemoths of people. Like they're just not in any, any shape. Like they would mm-hmm. definitely don't pass height and weight. Oh, they're and they're shape. Today. They're, they're shape. <laughs> but it just, yeah, it just kind like, of blows my mind. Like how can you be, how can you be that person? But then like sit here and talk shit about women who are doing these, these amazing things. Like it's, it's, you, it, we can see you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would love to know where I was pushed through. <laughs> like, I did yeah. every phase. I did every phase twice. Um, yeah. Dang. And um, it's not because I was given a pass. <laughs> like it. There's um. I hope nobody has to go through what I did with the attention or the comments or the treatment. Like, and I'm not saying everybody in that in air TV. Like I'm not saying everybody, but like, yeah, there's, there's going to be, look, you know, I went after three months of being the RS one that oversees the Manning that oversees, you know, has a part with the recruiting and understanding what that's like. And, um, I understand that's a goal for many infantry officers, uh, and NCOs to put a packet in and get, you know, be, be looked at. And, now I'm going through, so I, I went through RASP where I'm at the same standard. That's a higher standard than Ranger School. It's a higher physical standard. So I, I went through RASP. So like, <laughs> they're not going to send me to Ranger School if I don't can't meet the physical standards first off right. or the psychological or the skills or anything. And, you know, I, I go to school and I see officers who are grading me because I, I went through as a captain as well. So it's not like I came right out of Bullock. Like I've, I, at that point I had like seven years in the Army six years in the army. Like I kind of, I can see behind the curtain. Yeah. Not um, a young pup. And there's guys, you know, that are grading me that don't have a scroll on their uniform. And now they have this chick that you can, you can dictate quite a bit. And I'm not saying all of them. Um, but there was a lot of that going on. And, you know, like there's nothing, I, there's nothing I can do about it other than, take it and work harder and figure out how to, how to, how to get, like, I got to get through the school. I want to go back to my job. Like I want to go take care of Rangers. I want to, I want to go take care of this unit. I want to go work for this unit. And like, I need to, like, they need me to go do my job. Um, so there, there is a lot of that going on. And again, I was the first one to make it through the RPFT from, from regiment as, as a woman. And I mean, it started right when I was doing my sit-ups, like, just the comments and things I had to do. Um, and there's a lot of guys I know that if they went through that, like, I hope nobody, I hope no guys had to, you know, go through that level of type of stuff. I'm sure they have in the past, but standards were not dropped. Like it, if anything, it was almost an unattainable standard uh, some days. And that's out of control. I would, I would even, yeah. Like you, ahead, you know, um, 
you know going into this whole deal like it's it's serious it's already hard as fuck it's not an easy thing to get into now once you're in yeah. it it's fucking hard and now this jerk off wants to you know make it harder for me just because i'm not the same as him which is already mm-hmm. fucked up uh how did you deal with that like um you can't just pop up and be like hey man i know that was fucking five good ones you can't just get up and punch somebody you gotta, you gotta just suck it up. And but, how do you deal with that? Because I know inside I'd be exploding, and I know you were totally exploding. Oh yeah. How did you um, harness I mean, that? Even with the with with the pushups, um, I mean, I was I was forty eight in my first pushups, mm. and then you know I get in line, and it's like, okay, so watch me do forty nine or whatever the number is, perfect pushups again. You want to make me do it a third time? Like I'll do it a third time. Um. I don't know. Like I, I knew me going through, it wasn't about me. It was a much bigger picture. So it's just game time. Like it's, it's the same psychology behind that. Like going into a championship game, like you're on another, you're in another mindset. And I said this, so I I spoke at the Georgetown RTC this week and I was, and I got asked a similar question. Like, what was your mindset going through all of that? And it's like, if you're a good person and you're angry, and I'm saying, I mean, like angry and you can channel that anger into something productive. You are dangerous. You, you can be fucking dangerous. And that's, that was my mindset where it was like, I can't, there were, there were a few times that the anger made me like reckless and I, I, I lost it maybe a couple times, but for the most part, I did my best to just turn that anger um, and disappointment into, like, there's a bigger picture here. And, like, time doesn't stop. Like, eventually, eventually I'll get there. And um, they can't, like, they can, they can try to do whatever they want to me, but they don't have control over my mind. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know that I, I was going to say earlier, I, I, I think, you know, these folks that are saying that the standards are dropped and it was much easier for you, blah, blah, blah. I, I would argue that the, it was much more difficult because you have the same challenges as all of the males that are there on top of now you're a female there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when years ago, when the army, when the army said, OK, we're going to allow uh, women to serve in combat arms. And there was a big uproar. I mean, at that point, I was already in the reserves. Um, you know, I'd been out of the infantry, right? And um, was doing the drill sergeant gig and in the reserves. And um, I've, I've, at this point, I'd, I'd, I've already worked with females, and I'd encountered a lot of people who, um, a lot of females who had who had done some pretty impressive things overseas. And I, I know that, like, when I came into the reserves, I definitely had that, like army infantry mentality where like everybody else sucks and we're cool. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> so then I, I, I encounter all these different people in the army and other MOSs and other jobs and, and other roles and females, males didn't matter. And you really start to learn that like, plus when you, when you factor in like our experiences when we were in Iraq in 04, you really start to learn that like, it doesn't matter what your gender is. Um, you know, there are some really fucking badass people out there who are doing badass things. And there are people out there who, who are just not doing anything. Mm. And, and it doesn't matter the, 
um, the gender, right? It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what your orientation is. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. Badass people have been doing things for a very long fucking time. Um, I'm actually really glad that like, uh, so Tyree and I talked about like, you know, in, in March women's history month. And, um, we want to showcase like all of these, like these badass women that are doing badass things. And that's why, why I asked you to be on the show because you <laughs> are definitely one of them. So you're over there talking about it's going to be a short conversation. It's not going to be a short conversation. It's going to be a very long conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's, it can, it can go a lot of paths too. Yeah. But no, so like, but I, I just want to point out to people all the time, like, oh, you think that women can't serve in the infantry. Um, you think women can't do combat roles. You think women can't go to ranger school. Can't, they can't go to uh, SF. And one of the big arguments is like, do you think if I was wounded in combat that a woman could carry me out? It's like, dude, I am 6'2", 240, and I probably couldn't drag your ass out, right? Because gear, fucking, it's just weird, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's, 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 it's a dumb argument. And other countries, um, currently are, you know, have shown that, you know, like Israel with IDF, like women serving combat roles. When you look at in history, there have been women serving in combat roles for a long fucking time and they Mm -hmm. do just fine. So it's just this Mm -hmm. weird mentality that for whatever reason we're, we're stuck in. And I'm, and I'm so glad that the army, um, the, or the military integrated that and did away with it and said, women can serve in these roles too. And I'm so glad that there are women that are stepping up to those challenges and, and facing the extra challenges that come along with it and saying, you know what? Um, I don't care what you have to say about me being able to perform these things because I'm going to show up mm-hmm. and not only am I going to perform, but I'm going to perform better than you. Yeah. So you, you talk about going to ranger school and you completed every phase or you did every phase twice. Fuck yeah. me, that's insane. That's terrible. Yeah. But Honestly, you, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible in a selfish way. Um, you know, it's, it's terrible because of what it, what it did to my brain. Um, for a while and, and what it did to my body, but it's not terrible. And for everybody else, like it's, yeah, it's terrible for me, but that doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, there's plenty of people who have sacrificed more. And I mean, I got to meet twice as many bad boys. Like I'm, I got to make twice as many friends. I got to meet twice as many guys that are down in teams that know what I'm about. Um, that know that they have someone who's willing to break their body <laughs> to make sure that their HR is good, like mm-hmm. to make sure that they actually have a full platoon, um, that they've got people that, you know, they don't have to be pulled off of the line to go do a support role because I'm getting you to strength. Like I'm getting you to operational strength because I, I care, you know, I care about giving you that support. So, and it's twice as much of a purpose of like, yeah, when I want to complain because my job is hard, like it's not hard compared to them and what they have to do out on target and like how they're physically training every day. Like, so it was twice as much of that emotional connection to those young men. Um, and that many more friendships, like there's a couple guys that were going through the med board process that I went through school with. Maybe it was like a year after we graduated, they're going through the med board process. And I was like, just come up and work for me. Like as you're going, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, you know, going through all of that multiple deployments and then getting med boarded, like the emotional burden that would be for someone. I'm like, no, just come up, come up, work for me. Like, we'll get you set for college. Like I'll write you letters of rec. Like 
you'll still feel a purpose. You'll be a part of my team, just work in my shop. And, and that happened maybe two or a couple times. Um, you know, they got their masters and they're doing great stuff now. So it's like, maybe that wouldn't have happened if I spent that long there. And it's like, I don't, I didn't do, I didn't go there to try to prove, like to try to prove people that don't think I should be there. I went there cause I wanted to take care of Rangers and I wanted to take care of the people that, you know, I thought had the hardest job in the army. Nice. Dude, that is selfless as fuck. They reminded me of uh, a conversation. So I, I was listening to actually today, um, ironically, um, the Joe Rogan podcast, he had Mike Glover on the, the founder of uh, Phil Craft Survival. Guy was a career special forces and then, you know, 20, 20, 20 something years in, in the army gets out and goes off and be as a, becomes a CIA contractor and he's just bored with life. And um, he was talking about how the army doesn't really prepare. They send you to school after school, after school, leadership school, this school, that school, make you better at your job. Um, but when it comes time for you to transition out, there's nothing. You know, he, he talked about, you know, he, he it was a week for him to out process there about, and then bam, you know, special forces, um, Sergeant major to civilian, Mr. Glover. Mm-hmm. And it is a, it is a tricky situation. We had that conversation, um, on our episode bingo with Rob Ashley, the guy, you know, yeah. Rob. So, yep. yeah. And he, and he talked the about, guy you know, I know. <laughs> Yeah, he's <laughs> like my best friend in the White Falcons. Yeah, <laughs> it was, and, and, and I'm sure you caught, you caught that. The show we talked about, like, you know, what happens after the army, you know, kind of scares him because you know he's been in the army his entire adult life, and yeah. it really gets you kind of wondering. So, like, you doing that for these for these 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 troops, um, bringing them up there and saying, "Hey, I'm going to help you with this transition. I'm going to set you up for success." Like, the army needs that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's badass that you're doing it for, for these people and you're getting them prepared for the next step. But like, I mean, what would it take for the army to even do that? You know? It would have to give up something else uh, culturally. Like, it would have to give up. It would have to give up its indoctrination somewhere, you know, and it's. I don't know how to do that in the larger picture. Like I, I understand I've seen things like there's a reason for, you know, shaving your head and getting muddy and getting dirty and getting sleep deprived and stripping your own identity. And there's a reason for things like that to happen at certain units. Um, I don't know. I think it just, I, I think it, it, it's got to, people are just got to find more comfort in being a little bit more rebellious because there's such peer pressure in the military, like, and peer pressure can be a good thing, right? Don't get me wrong, but the amazing men um, that I have been able to work with, like Rob, um, they're not scared of stepping up and stepping out. The the guys that I wanted to follow to 75th, the, the guys that like, those are the ones that have the courage to step up and be forward thinking, open-minded and, but not, not increase the risk of, of, of weakness. And, um, and maybe changing, honestly, I think we've got to like see the perspective that, and this is why I love that I'm in the talent management world because there's a lot of power from diversity in general. 
and I'm not just talking about diversity of, you know, gender, sex, color, religion. Obviously that is, but it's like even diversity even comes from like what your hobbies are, where, where you were growing up, like what culture you have. And especially when we look at the diversity of like gender um, and sex, like I look at things differently. Um, me being high on the empathy scale, right? Like that's a, that's an asset to a team, not just being high on the empathy scale because I care about the people that I'm working for because, okay, how, how do you know your enemy? You have to understand where your enemy is coming from. Like you, you need to activate that empathy to understand and go around and look at it from a different um, perspective. And you can see yourself, you can see your blind spots, you can see your weaknesses and drop that ego through empathy. And, you know, the empathy, the, the teamwork, the inclusiveness, the um, patience, traits like that that are generally feminine traits, like we hear those things and we're like, oh, yeah, we need to have that as a leader. Okay, well, I sure as hell know that if you bring someone in, it doesn't just have to be a woman, but people who have those feminine traits, like that makes a team better. And I don't say that because I'm not saying the, the army needs to get more feminine. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying the power of diversity and the power of actually looking at when you have people that think differently or have different perspectives, have different experiences, have different beliefs, you become more well-rounded and you become holistically way more lethal because you have all of these different talents and perspectives. Yeah. And, and like, Okay, you know, there's a reason why there was man after man after man in that position before I got there, and I fixed it. Because I look at things differently. I look at it with that AG mindset. Take the female thing out of it. They hadn't had an AG officer there in a really long time. So that diversity of, oh, we don't need that, like, paper-pushing MOS, like, whatever, you do. You need that diversity of thought and that diversity of perspective to make you more lethal. And I think once we start seeing the power in that and we have leaders that have the courage to step up and say that and and really um, stress the importance of diversity, people will start catching on. It's about time they start catching on. I mean, the world is a completely different place. It sucks that, um, you know, when I was in fully, there was... No women in the infantry, no women in combat, period. Uh, no gays, none of that kind of stuff. Keep that shit quiet. That you Keep, knew of. Yeah, that we knew of, exactly. Keep that shit quiet and fucking away <laughs> from <laughs> from everybody else. Like, it, it makes no sense to me that, exactly like you're saying, talented people, regardless of what, if they sit down to pee or if they stand up, you know, it doesn't fucking matter. You're losing out on great talent because you want to have some kind of old school mentality that you can't get over for whatever reason. And I think it's fucking awesome that, you know, things are starting to come together now. You know, it, it sucks. It took so long, but at least it's starting to come together a little bit. And I'm, I'm very happy to see someone like you at the forefront of that. So if, uh, I'll stop, there's, I'll there's, stop um, brown nosing. Yeah. And like, I, you, we can't discount the, the awesome guys that I've worked with that have been there to, to um, welcome me in as well. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily make it easier for me um, or push me along. That's not what I'm saying, but like to actually get to play with them 
like to actually play on the team with them. Um, I, I would not have been able to integrate if it wasn't for people like Rob or, you know, those guys that, you know, I would, I would, I would die for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you keep mentioning it, Rob, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, cause I listened to it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Like you, you're friends with him. We've been friends with him forever. Uh, he's a very yeah. cool person. Uh, what was your reaction or relationship with him initially? Cause you know, he's a little bit of an, an off kind of a person. I guess he was, <laughs> you know, up there in rank at that point when you met him, we knew him as a specialist, so, you know? So, um, so when I became the battalionist one of white Falcons, uh, I had no S1 experience. I was a postal platoon leader and I had just gotten back from deployment. And um, so I had no like actual like HR operations S1 experience. It's like pulling somebody off of the line, like a platoon leader to put them as an S1. So, but I, I had like some training from school. I had an understanding of like generally what I was supposed to do. Um, and then I quickly realized that you know, as an S1, you need to have a solid relationship with the first sergeants, not necessarily the company commanders. It's more so the first sergeants. And like when I got there, that S1 shop metrics wise was the worst uh, battalion in the 82nd division. And I was like, okay, so that means like everything has to change. Like whatever systems that they were trying to do, like everything has to change. Um, So I just, talked to all six of the first sergeants and was like, what, tell me what you need. Like that was the relationship I had with my platoon sergeant was, you know, what do you need me to do for the platoon? Like what, where do you need me to protect you? What, like what assets, what support do you need me to get from these thousands of meetings I have to go to? Like, tell me what you need. And then I will get that for you, for my platoon sergeant. So I kind of had that same perspective with the first sergeant. was like, what do you need me to do? Like, where is this broken and everything? And then that working relationship with Rob, he took the time to really sit with me and explain, explain it all to me, where the systems were broken, what was broken, the personalities, the culture, everything like that. So we, I took a, a lot of that information and just kind of built a new system. Um, and, you know, and I... It was just a good, like, yeah, we know you're a chick, but you're physically, you're fitting in with us. You're jumping out of planes with us. You're not falling out of wrecks with us. Like, you're, okay, you can hang physically, fit, physical fitness-wise. Oh, and you're fixing this stuff. Um, so we just worked together as a team and made it work, and we ended up becoming the best HR metrics battalion in the division, like, a year and a half later. Mm. Um, so that, that was my working relationship with him. That's a pretty badass OER bullet too. (laughs) But it's not just, it wasn't just me. It was like the fact that it's like, you got to go to the people and say like, what do you need? Like, what do you need me to do for you? And then you just collect those ideas and you collect that stuff and you just build it from what they need. Um, well, that's, uh, um, you know, being an enlisted guy, uh, we're you know we're getting a new commander in my unit pretty soon actually and it's always a dreadful moment right when you get a new when you, when when the leadership changes new bc mm-hmm. new commander whatever and um the ones that can have direct impact on your your day-to-day life or however it works out and so to 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 get that new commander that comes in or that new officer that comes in who who then comes to the senior enlisted and says hey what do you need from me 
how can we make this this work uh because and they have that that team mentality um man that's that is that is that is uh something that uh, I look forward to like that that's that's like oh, relief right because you mm-hmm. get those ones that come in and they you know they it's working it's working great and then they just try and you know like well I have my own ideas on how this is supposed to go and so we're going to take everything that you're doing and throw it the fuck away and we're going to do it my way now and that actually just happened recently in my unit as well um, at a higher level and man it is a pain in the ass it's hard yeah difficult very difficult um but mm-hmm. we're getting through and that was actually you know um it, it's, it's getting a little better some, some of the things that were being implemented or being told to be implemented um were very extremely questionable like borderline um illegal uh, you, you <laughs> might you might say definitely in violation of certain U, ucmj things um just don't hear you know at the, at the request of this particular individual and we were just like yeah no we're not we're not going to do that we're that's not going to do that at all because i don't want some one of my soldiers or, or myself to be to be brought up on any type of um charge as it relates to say sharp or eo so it was this whole it was this whole thing but <clears throat> I, I man I, I thought of something earlier and i completely forgot it now um i got a question yeah, so you uh, you're very much team oriented with everything you do. Uh, you say, you know, you're a big basketball fan. How did you get into that? Because I know not everyone uh, loves loves to hoop it up. So what, what made you get into basketball? And it's because it clearly shaped everything in your life a little bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way I made sense out of the military was <laughs> was through basketball. Like how I describe what I do as an AG officer is through basketball too, <laughs> to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really have a choice, man. Like I'm the youngest of four. We're all four years apart. So by the time I was born, my sister was 13 playing basketball. My bro- Both of my brothers in between my sister and I played basketball. Um, my sister played in, in college. Like I was seven and watched her make like the winning play to win the national championship nice. uh, for division three. So like, and I'm like right underneath the basket. So that just sports, you know, my, so she's a, she's a college coach, uh, for Seton Hall. And my other brother is head men's lacrosse coach at Wilkes university. And then my other brother played football in college. So I am being the youngest, like I didn't grow up with a lot of money either. Um, but what I grew up on was like legit being in the car and my parents didn't miss a single one of my siblings games if they could help it. Um, so I was constantly, since I was born, just watching sports. Like I learned how to walk on bleachers. Like that was where I took my first steps was on at, at a basketball game. So it was, it was my life. Like that was my identity was playing basketball. So Did you have a favorite team. I was a point guard. So I mean, there you go. There you go. So who was, who was your favorite team and player when you're growing up? So I was seven when the WNBA started and that was, you know, Cynthia Cooper and Teresa Weatherspoon and like Brandi Chastain tore her shirt off when I was seven or eight years old. Mm -hmm. Like that was when women were really like having a platform for being athletes. So that's had a huge impact on me. Um, and yeah, so 
definitely, so definitely, you know, Liberty and Teresa Weatherspoon. Like that was, that was something I could, that, that was something that like I could do now, you know, as yeah. a bat where all I did was play with boys until I couldn't, like I would play on the all-star team in Europe with those boys until there were girls leagues. And even then my mom and dad didn't put me in the female leagues. They put me on the boys leagues. I, I played football like, and then all of a sudden there's this opportunity now where it's like, Oh man, if I'm good enough, like I could play in the WNBA. And I think that all is, is extremely molding for why I've decided to do certain things and go for certain things is because like, there's young girls that are seven, eight years old that see women like us and are like, hell yeah. Like I, I can do that. Like I can, I can be that. Um, and that's way more important than anything I've done in a shop. And that kind of, that reminded me, and and this is really what I want to talk to you about. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, super badass that you're a ranger and you've done all these badass things. Um, but the the reason, like I, I saw your Instagram, um, and I, I, I scrolled through it and I read some of your posts and you talk a lot about empowerment, women empowerment, uh, women in the military and women in general, right? Um, because what you talk about in, in the military can definitely be applied to women who are not in the military. Oh yeah. So you, you're trying to get this community going. Um, uh, you, 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 your, your username on there is, is, is balance your grit. And, and, and I want you, can you, can, can you kind of explain where you came up? Like, what does that mean to you? So what that means to me. So none of us, man or woman, you know, achieves these really hard things without having some level of grit and selflessness. And towards my end of towards the end of my time serving as the RS1, I um I was not healthy like at all and I I didn't even realize it. Um, because it was my normal, like it was completely my normal to just stay completely focused. And all that mattered was my job. Like all that mattered was being the RS one. And so with that, I would ignore a lot of things. I would tolerate a lot of things, not necessarily from that unit, but I mean, you see what people post on Facebook, you know, like even when I graduated ranger school, like that was the last time I saw my dad healthy and he's, reading these comments, you know, before he passed away. And like, so all of that type of stuff, like you ignore it and you stay focused on your job. And especially with the, um, let's face it, like brain damage that I went through from, from ranger school being there for like 200 days, like I was just ignoring it and I was just gritting through it and doing my job. And I never asked for help. And I never reached out to the female ranger community on Facebook. I, w- I wasn't even a part of it until a year ago because I was like, I can't, I don't want, I don't want anything that associates, that like isolates me anymore for being a woman than I already am. And that's where my mind was at the time. I don't agree with that now. Um, but that's, that was my mindset I was in. I was extremely competitive, extremely focused, extremely like just whatever you can throw whatever at me and I'll deal with it and get my job done. And it got to the point where I really lost my identity. I, I, I lost who Sydney was. I lost my femininity. I lost, you know, being proud of being a woman. I started like resenting myself. I, and I was dealing with all of these things alone in my own mind. Like 
I wasn't really sharing it with my ex-husband either. And it got to the point where I, I needed help. Like I went through a lot of therapy and that's kind of why I ended up doing that training with industry in Orlando is because I, I actually got a break, uh, to go through a lot of therapy. Oh man. Please tell people how great therapy is. It's people always shy away from therapy. They always think it's a bad thing. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like I, I mean, we're talking like really bad paranoia, disordered eating, like a lot of that type of stuff that I, I mean, I didn't even realize it was happening to me. It was just my normal. And, um, so then once I moved up here to DC, after I'd done like a year of therapy and everything, I actually joined the female ranger Facebook group. And I was like, curious if there were other women maybe posting things about that. Like now that I'm at a place where I'm comfortable to talk about it, because I wasn't like, if I talked about anything about ranger, I would have night terrors, um, like waking up screaming type stuff. And um, I had gotten to the point where I was comfortable talking about it maybe and like reaching out and seeing if there's anybody else that had gone through it. And, um, cause I, I mean, I, I was just quiet about it. And, um, so I read through the entire range female ranger Facebook group and a lot of it was prepping for school, like packing list stuff, like what to expect, what the school is like, you know, and all of the comments like that, that are extremely important, but I didn't see really many of us who had graduated, um, it, you know, f- infantry women, um, like posting about the psychological, social stuff that we were, were going through. So I put this long post t- introducing myself. Um, I knew that some of them knew who I was, but I had never, I was serving at the Ranger Regiment. Like I wouldn't, I couldn't be on social media. Like I couldn't talk. It was an OPSEC thing. Like I couldn't first mm. off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, introduced myself said what I had gone through said what I had done like where I am now and I was like if you're if you have experienced anything like this of this like laundry list of shit in your brain like I am here for you if you need someone to talk to um and my phone like my phone did not stop blowing up for like two weeks uh from other women who were experiencing similar things and they were like I had no idea anyone else felt this way I had you know I've never talked about this before until you posted that and like can we can we talk because I thought I was failing I thought I was the problem like I thought that I wasn't good enough and knowing that you experienced the same stuff can we talk about it and I'm like sure um and then it was like three or four months of just uh, unsustainable (laughs) like emotionally unsustainable for me because it was like a lot of really long phone calls late at night and everything. And so I just decided to turn it into this Instagram page and, um, long story short, sorry for the long story, but like that grit, that grit that women like us need to have. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be doing these jobs or that we're not doing these jobs. Well, but there's a lot of extra shit that we go through that we just don't really talk about. And we don't really share it. We don't know who to talk to about it. And that grit isn't going away. But you need to balance that, like, going hard in the paint every single day. Um, You need to have that coach that can coach you through it um, and balance you out and remind you that, like, you, you can't stay at a 10 out of 10 grit level and expect to come out the other end healthy. Um, so just balancing it with 
just self-care and mental health and having a sister that you can talk to. So that's, it's really the backstory behind this Instagram page uh, was just kind of sharing these very, very consistent, similar conversations, similar issues, similar questions, similar concerns, like similar problems that some of these women are facing alone and quiet um, and bringing it out to show other people like you're not alone. Like sometimes that's all these women need to hear. Like, honestly, like sometimes if I post something about like paranoia, so that's all these women need to hear is like, okay, cool. Like I'm not the only one. This is, this is what's fucked up in my head. I'm going to go fix it. And we're good to go rather like to actually do something about it. Um, but when you're feeling alone and extremely isolated and thinking that like I'm weak because of this, like sometimes that's all they need to know is, all right, there's nothing wrong with me, but okay. I know I can fix it and I know I can come out. Okay. On the other side. So I'm going to go do that and keep working. I like it. I mean, establish, oh my gosh, establishing this, this support group that desperately needed to be established. And I mean, you got to think it's, it's 2023 and this is still an ongoing problem. It's one of my biggest complaints about the army. And I don't, I don't really, I try not to rant too much about it because I'm still in, but the army does an absolute shit job at taking care of uh, female troops in a lot of these ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even, even male troops, we go, you know, male troops go through things as well, but there are certain things that are unique to the female soldier. And, and it's just a, it's just a shit job at handling it. Right. Um, You know, when it, when it comes to sharp and something happens with a female and, you know, she is discharged because of, of, of mental health issues while the, the, the aggressor, the assaulter is maybe demoted, but gets to stay in like what fucking justice is that? Yeah. Maybe not even like mental health stuff, like removing her because, Oh, she's the problem. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not the right answer. It's, it still is happening a lot, even just based off of allegations. Yeah, no, um, and it's, it's absolute horseshit. I mean, it's, it's not the right answer. And here we are. Like, it comes from, it comes from the leadership. Like, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm just you're passionate gonna, about it. <laughs> no, you're fine. Like, no, say say all the words. Because um, that's, that's why we're here. Like, I I look at my battalion leadership from the White Falcons um, when I was a battalionist one there, and like, I knew. So you, you have to understand. Like, I'm I'm coming from being an athlete that's played on a lot of teams with only boys. Like, it's it's I'm not necessarily like I'm not one of those girls that's like I don't have any friends that are girls. I'm not like that. But I developed my social skills on male teams, um, and so it, I didn't think it was that crazy and that unique to have a battalion commander and a battalion command sergeant major, who of which his first assignment outside of 75th Ranger Regiment was in that battalion. So um, I didn't know anything different than having coaches that, and, and bosses and commanders that would treat me like a, like a team, like a player, like a teammate. And regardless of what my gender was, is because like I could do my job and protect me, you know, and, and actually when I go to them with a problem, like, trust that they had my back um, and maintain that trust and not have to just be able to do my job. I didn't, I didn't realize how unique that was to be able to work for two men 
you know, one from the 75th and one who was a former Marine, um, completely empower me to just do my job. And when I had a problem, I could trust them to help me through it. And they owned the integration. They owned it. Like they told me straight up my first day. They were like, we own the success of your integration. Your responsibility is to do your job. Our responsibility is to make sure our culture allows you to do your job. And that, that was it. Like bottom line, that was our relationship. And it was beautiful. Um, and there's, a, there's, you can find that in certain places. And I think hopefully with pages like this and like with women and, and guys have like more frequently having these conversations and seeing that like, yeah, it does exist and like have the courage to do that. Hopefully, you know, that starts happening more frequently, but that's not the case. Um, and so in a, lot, in a lot of places, like command teams don't realize like you own that <laughs> you own the culture. Yeah. Yeah. It will. And, and it's this whole, so social media is a big thing today in this world. And with, with Instagram pages like us army, what the fuck, where people are getting blasted constantly, you would think that would be enough for, 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 you know, command teams or NCOs or whoever the shit, you, you think that would be enough. Like, you know, you know, someone's screenshotting something or recording something and sending it off and trying to call your ass out. You would think, I mean, and, and that, don't me wrong, that doesn't, that doesn't change the culture. That doesn't change those people and they need to change their mindset needs to change, but at least it should be some type of a deterrent from doing and saying dumb shit and, and getting in the way of the things that are inevitably going to happen. Right. Women deserve every fucking same right in this, to, mm-hmm. in the military, outside of the military to do these roles, to do these jobs, um, without, um, you know, all these other additional fucking speed bumps and this other bullshit that's in the way. Um, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. And I, I, I like to bitch about it a lot because one, I'm a guy and, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, I'm a drill sergeant and, um, I was an infantry soldier. Right. So I mean, I went to, I went to war back in Oh four when it was, uh, uh, the wild west. Right. And so every, everybody has this expectation that like when they, when they speak to me on the subject about like when it comes to integration, Oh, this guy's totally going to agree with me when I say that women shouldn't be in combat arms. And they're surprised when I say like, eh, you're kind of an idiot for saying that because women do amazing things. Like it's been proven time and time and time and time and time again. And so it kind of throws these people off. And then as a drill, um, you know, a, a lot of um, all the basic training sites have now integrated male and female. And uh, I remember when that happened and a lot of drills were like, Oh man, now we're going to get females. We're going to have to lower the standards. There's going to be this problem. There's going to be that problem. Parade pretty blah, 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 blah. And to me, that says a lot more about that person saying those things than it is the yeah. troops coming in. Yeah. And I, so, and I also just take kind of take it personal anyway, because um, as a drill sergeant, I give a fuck, right? Like their, their training matters to me. My first time on the trail, I mobilized in 2009 for a year. And um, the average deployment time after training was was 63 days. So two months later, they could find themselves in Iraq or Afghanistan. And that really hit home with me. I was like, fuck, man, yeah. like, the only combat training these, these folks are going to get is from me, from the other yeah. drill sergeants here. And I had a wealth of knowledge from my deployment in 04. And I felt I felt this this personal need to give them every bit of knowledge that I had. And in a way, it helped me a lot, too, because I was able, I was able to talk about things um, when I hadn't really been able to talk about them before. I forced myself to do that. 
but I wanted them to understand like what's going to happen there, what's going to happen when they come home. And, and so now I, I look at it as all the bullshit that's going on in the army <clears throat> with all these different cases of like Vanessa Guillen and, um, you know, all these other cases like that where these women are just, just kind of being like shoved off to the side of, we well, you know what we'll, we'll name a gate after them. You know, like that's, that's not the answer. So now when I look at my female soldiers, um, this last cycle that I did last year, um, I cannot remember her name, but there was a, 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 a soldier in Wiesbaden, Germany. She was based yeah. out of uh, Fort, Ger- Fort Gordon or Fort Stewart ended up being murdered or they said suicide, whatever, you know, and it just, it just, I, I'm sitting there, I'm staring at my platoon and I'm looking at my female soldiers and I had to hold back fucking tears. Cause I'm like, Fuck, man, this, this could be any one of them. And I don't want that. I don't want that to be, I want them to feel that they sh- can speak up. I want mm-hmm. them to feel that they can trust the males around them to do mm-hmm. their part and to speak up. And I want them to feel safe in the United States army. Um, I want them to feel safe from all that bullshit. And I just, I don't have that confidence in, in the big yeah. army anymore. I don't, I, you know, I get it. And you know what, what like narrative honestly needs to start being said from the male community as well is like, so I, I'm AGM the S1. So, I mean, every hour I'll have somebody in my office, you know, at like just asking HR their career stuff or just asking for help. And that's, it's like, it's like a byproduct of being an S1. You're almost like a therapist. So like you hear everything, you know, everything that's going on in the unit, you know, you know, pretty much, you know, everything about everybody, especially at that battalion level. Um, And what people don't realize is like the men that, we have problems with in women that those women have problems with that are treated weird by like you just get these weird vibes or you are straight up treated poorly. Um, it's, that's not an isolated incident and, and it's not just isolated in the sexual harassment, sexual abuse side, meaning like it's not just isolated in that category. Typically these, these people um, who are shitty, there's a trail. <laughs> like there's, there's other comments about them being hard to work with or being an asshole or not being good at their job, like not making the right decisions. And like, there's, it, it's not just isolated to the sexual harassment, sexual abuse category. And many times, like we'll see those people go down for something and it's like, Oh, you don't think it's not a coincidence that they're also the ones that are toxic for other reasons. And I see that. I saw that as an S one because I'm, I'm, I'm personnel. Like I've run the personnel stuff. So I, I would see these trails and it's like, yeah, like I, I wouldn't feel hesitant to say, um, I am being treated inappropriately by this person because from my mind, I already know that I already know that they're jacked up in many other ways because I hear it and I see it. And I think that's one of the things it's like, it's not all men. Like I love working with guys. Like I, I love supporting those units and it's not all of them, but the ones that like make it rough and the ones that are bad, like it's not just isolated to, to women. It's consistent to the other men too. Yeah. Yeah. 
it is, I mean, right. The, the, the problems that, I don't know. I just, I get, I get mad. I just get mad at the idea of uh, that, that it's treated like it's one-sided. Yeah. You know, that it's, that it's, that it's, that it's only unique to one side and that, that, that men in the military can do no wrong. And you see that at the highest commands mm-hmm. sometimes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it floors me because what was it? Uh, I cannot remember her name. Um, the C- the CSM that just got selected to, uh, I posted it in my story too. I'm not uh, good with names. Uh, let me look it up. Wait, what? Happened? Uh, it's literally on my story right now. What's going on? I know. Uh, she just got selected for uh, what she gets. This is JSOC. No, it's like the big dog man. Gosh, I can't even remember her name. Is it something? Let me get it. Oh wait, she took the picture with like the really big bug eye, bugged out eyes. <laughs> oh my god! That's, that's just where I, I don't not know. The best like picture that. taken, Terry. Yeah. Damn. I'm sorry, my bad. Here we go. I'm judgy. Uh, yeah. Chris, our major Nauman, Nauman, right? For literally, Yusasak. Yeah, that's yeah, up there. Yusasak. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. That, that is that is that is that is up there, and so and I and I I hope. I hope that, um, I mean, just like I would hope for any, any male in any position that they live up to the standards that, mm-hmm. that are required at that position. But I, I also hope that like, she doesn't encounter the same bullshit that she ever encountered. And I'm sure she has, I'm sure through her, her career, she has encountered just as much bullshit, if not more with her being yeah. for as long as she's been in. But what I'm hoping is, you know, when you, when you, when you talk about these people get the, and when they get to higher commands and they, they get busted doing something that they shouldn't be fucking doing. And it's like, ah, oh, slap on the wrist, you know? Um, even, it doesn't even have to be high commands. There was a company commander, Louisiana National Guard, that was allowed to retire with full pension after motorboating one of his soldiers. Saw that, dude. Don't even get me started on that shit. It's 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 yeah. fucking wild, and I, I I hope that when women step into these roles, and and because I I feel like here's, but here's here's the here's the other thing though that like it's not there is there is such a there's a, a slew of staff people between the incident and that position of, of influence and power. And I'm not excusing, you know, punishment decisions or things like that, but there's a lot of people, echelons, command teams, staff, um, of, between something happening and that type of a, a multi-star level. And it's, Sometimes it can be like the game of telephone where Mm. like the situations and stories that like I talk to these girls. I mean, I'm I'm on the phone with girls like maybe two or three times a week and just helping them like guide them through certain stuff. Like I'm talking like second lieutenants, first lieutenants where they don't really know the army yet. Like they don't know the bureaucracy behind it. They don't, they trust everybody. They think the system is pure. Uh, they think there isn't corruption and they trust what, you know, your commander tells you to do. Um, it's how it should be. <laughs> and there's, there are many steps along the path of like that incident, that investigation being done by like a brand new captain before it gets to that level of, of people that make the decision. And sometimes I feel like that's where the system is broken between 
that IO like truly depicting what the hell happened and it being like not misconstrued or like how do you get the truth of what happened to be fully understood by the people that need to fully understand it Mm -hmm. um and i think that's kind of where the disconnect is and i trust that like women like her even men that are in those positions you know like i had a phone call a few weeks ago with a girl who's like he's she's really going through it right now like it, it it's tough and um i know her one of her senior leaders and i kind of just like had a conversation with him where i was like do you like do you know fully what's going on here um and there's a disconnect, man. Like, there's a disconnect between that IO doing their freaking job um, and truly actually saying what is happening. Yeah. When is it, it, does it seem like in some cases that the IO is just like, just, I just want to get through this? Yeah, I just wanna well, get, is I just that, get but it's also scary. Done. Like, it's, think about it. Like, you're a platoon leader or you're a company commander, and now all of a sudden you're the IO that might be handling an, an investigation that includes powerful, important people. Yeah. And they're three years in, four years in, and there's, you know, I'm not saying the whole army's bad. Like I'm not saying, I'm not painting this like horrific, horrible picture, but something has got to be relooked with that process. I agree. Um, I do. Cause I mean, it, it, it kind of seems to me, I've seen some investigations where the IO like genuinely cares. We want to get to the yeah, bottom of it and they want to sure. use all of the words that they know to, yep. you know, to, to, to articulate what mm-hmm. actually happened. And then there are just some cases where, you know, like what was said and then what ends up on the sworn statement doesn't match or they don't even fully explain the process. Um, uh, I, I've, I've, I've encountered that with people where, they you know, they come out of it and they're like I, I didn't even realize that that was what it was you know yeah. I didn't, it wasn't explained to me that like this is a one and done sworn statement I, you know yeah. or whatever the hell and it just yeah you know, I feel I feel bad for, for her yeah. situation um but you, you're bringing up a lot of really good points because they may not even know the right questions to ask mm. and that's that's like through this page, like through balance your grit, like the young women and, and guys that reach out to me and they're like, can I, can I talk to you about this? Like, can I pick your brain on this? Or young women that are like, I don't know who else to talk to. Um, I don't even know where to start. And it's like, I, I know the right questions to ask because I've, I've been there and I'm not asking you in a, I'm not asking you these questions coming from like an officer. I'm asking you these questions coming from like a big sister but with that empathy, that's, yeah, maybe it's flowery. It's like, well, how did you react to that? Like, is that why, is that why maybe you didn't talk about these things or find the, you know, helping finding the connection of a certain series of treatments leading up to something or where they mentally, psychologically lost their confidence or didn't make that connection. Cause they're still learning the culture. Like they're still learning what it is to be an infantry officer. Um, 
And it's like knowing the right questions to ask. And sometimes if you haven't been through that, you don't even know where to start, where to start digging up and asking the right questions to allow some of these young women. This is the first time they're actually even talking about it. They may not even be able to figure out the words to describe what happened um, or allow their brains to make the connection that like, yo, that, like that's not right. <laughs> like that's not how it's supposed to happen. Because they don't know, they don't have the experience of knowing how it is supposed to happen. Right. So if you don't have an IO that knows how to ask the right questions and really crack open the seed, you're not going to get that information, and then and just not going to have anything tangible in it. It's just going to be like, oh, I felt this way, and it's not manipulating the situation. It's just knowing the right questions to ask. Yeah. So, and that's that's kind of a thing too, right? So, any any officer, depending on the level of the investigation, can be selected to be an IO. So, like, is there any? There's not any like training for that, right? There's no like when you go through any one of your like the Bullock or Captain's Career Course. There's not like, hey, so if you ever get selected to be uh, an, the investigating officer of something, here are the um, the steps to you know if in that process. Here's the questions to ask, or here's how to ask that question, or all of that stuff. Like, there, there's is there any? Any of that? Um, yeah, I mean, you meet with a JAG. Like, you meet with a lawyer that kind of gives you, like, a pre-brief to tell you, like, what to expect and everything like that. Um, so there, there is guidance there. But it, it's also, like, and I'm not making excuses. Like, it's this is just, like, a discussion topic, right? And it's like, okay, we've had integration in some of these. Integration's been there for a really long time with a lot of these units. But, like, now that it's out in the open and people know that it's there, like if when I was in the full thick of it, like when I, I was a year and a half, I was out of reader school. I'm doing my job. Like I'm, I'm doing well at my job. Like things are going well. I, when you're in that mindset of like completely put your blinders on and block out anything that could be going wrong because it's too much to handle. That, did you lose me? No, 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 no. Okay. He's, All right. Like... I, I don't even know if, if somebody had asked me, are you, are you eating? I, I would have said, yeah. Or like, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, and it's, it's not even that I'm lying. It's that like. It's not the right question. Yeah. And it's like. It's different when you have someone that's asking the questions and like looking at you and feeling with you and actually creating a space where you can be honest with yourself sometimes. Um, and I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know how the army does that. Um, I don't think the army knows how to do that. I don't think leaders know necessarily. Like, I mean, I don't know how to get to that point, which is why I just, <laughs> just do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know how to do that with these, with these women that are going through it, not because I'm trying to go on a witch hunt and like bring men down. Like, that's not, that's not what I'm in. That's not what I'm doing this for. Like I'm doing this to allow that woman to like have a safe space to vent, to talk it out, to regroup, to figure out, okay, yep. That's where I'm kind of slipping. That's where <laughs> that's a risk like, okay, let's mitigate that risk so that you don't make a destructive decision and you can stay on path and not get wrapped up in something that, like, because you're in a vulnerable state and you're lost internally, that you're not going to make a bad decision. So that's kind of why I'm doing it. I I don't know how the Army 
I don't know how the army gets better at it. Um, I just know that I'm doing what I can for these women. So, and yeah, and that's 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 kind of that's all we can do, right? I yeah. mean, we can try and be as big as we want or um, get our names out there or whatever. Uh, and and to, I actually saw um, a guy that we were planning to record with in about a month or so. Um, a post that he had made on his Instagram talking about like the bigger my account gets, the more veterans I can reach, the more people I can help. And, and so that's, you know, that's why I wanted you to be on the show. And it just, I just so happened to come across your Instagram the other day or when I hit you up, when I messaged you, yeah. um, I was like, Holy shit. Like she is absolutely perfect. Um, and cause you know, we wanted to do a thing. We talked about this like last October, November, uh, for women's history month. Um, so it just like the stars aligned and I was like, absolutely. And, and when you said yes, I was like, I texted Irene immediately and I was like, guess who we get to record with. <laughs> I was super fucking excited. Um, and so we've been looking forward Thanks. to this. Yeah. We've been looking forward to recording with this. Tyree, does your, does your cup say cat dad? Yes, it does. Cause I'm a cat, cat dad. Daddy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, man, like, uh, when, when he explained like who, or how he got into contact with you to come on to the show. Um, and then, like, I wasn't exactly really familiar with everything. I'm out of the loop. I'm not in the military. But when I read the story and, and what is it like going on these these kind of things where you're, you're talking to, to people about this shit over and over again? Is it, And I'm sure it gets a little annoying, but uh, is there ever anything that where you're like, wow, that was a good one. I, I walked away with some kind of feeling like somebody understood me. Has that ever happened? <laughs> Oh, it happens every, like, the, I feel positive after every one of these because I think there's, there's a curiosity about all of this because we don't really t do a lot of, um, like, let's face it, if I was still in the USASAC unit, I would not be doing this. Like, I would not be speaking freely about these things, and I'm taking a risk, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but that's nothing new, like, rebellious by nature, I guess. But mm. I, um... I know what it's like to be in a mindset that um, just talking about those things, like I, I wouldn't be able to like swallow food or I wouldn't be able to sleep. And just having conversations like this, I, I, I know what it's like to be in a at a place where I, I couldn't, I mentally could not talk about it. And I know what it's like to feel like nobody else like feeling like I'm the only one that's going through this. Yeah. And it's my responsibility, man. Like I knowing that I'm the first to do something and knowing what struggles come with it. Um, if I wasn't finding a way to try to help these next women, um, do it better. I'm not saying that us first ones didn't do it well, but regardless of how we did, we should just keep getting better. And I, it is my responsibility, like, especially coming out of regiment with, with Abrams charter. It's like, you take what you learn there and you push it out to the conventional force, whether it's tactics or it's weapons or it's equipment or it's comms or whatever. And it's like, I do feel like this is my responsibility to make sure that these women have a support system and, you know, developing some of the girls, some of the first women that I have talked with and they're at a place now where they're like, 
if there's if there's women that you think that I can connect with, like you can hand them off to me, and I can start taking and helping out with your like load of you know of my list of women, and it's like that is so fucking cool to me. <laughs> like I didn't have that. I didn't have somebody I could talk to. You know what woman did I have to talk to? So you're blazing, you're blazing all so sorts of trails, man. Yeah, and it's like there is female culture. It's so fucking competitive, and it's it can get catty. And it's like no, like we need to start changing that. And like young captains, like young NCOs, now starting to feel the power of what it's like to mentor and support and like bring the next women along instead of like holding them down because it was hard for me, so it has to be hard for you. Like screwed, like no, like yeah. that is just so toxic. And it's like no, like I should. I should expect the next women that go to 75th, or I should expect the, the women who are at, in the White Falcons right now to not have to deal with what I had to deal with. They shouldn't deal with that. And that's on me to teach them how to deal with it. Mm. Um, so, like, that's that's my purpose. And, like, yeah, it can get tiring sometimes, but it's not about me. It's the same thing about, like, Ranger School. Like, it's not about me. It's about the bigger picture, and it's about making the Army better. Um, it's about making sure these women who are volunteering to do some like really difficult stuff, like it should not be as hard for them as it is for, or as it was for many of us. Yeah. And you, it shouldn't be as hard for the men that are leading them either. Like make it easy. To me, to me, the, uh, the ideal military would be a lot like in starship troopers. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? This is the second time that this comment has come up in a podcast, and I have not seen it yet. So maybe I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> well, okay. And so here's here's what I say. And I'm gonna is this gonna sound it's gonna sound weird explaining it at first, but it, it'll make sense once I get to the end. Um, but it's in the future. Blah blah blah. We're bringing all these people in. A good bug is a dead bug. It, whatever, right? Males and females serving in the um, the infantry. And uh, do you want to live forever? Let's go. You know, wait, you know, the whole thing. Anyway, okay. So there's a scene in the movie, not a spoiler. There's there's okay. there's a there's a shower scene in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Males and females in open shower bay, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all just in there, you know, talking shit to each other at like we do in the military. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm not saying I want to shower with a bunch of dudes and chicks. Which I'm, I'm which happens like, at Ranger School. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. What the hell? Oh, I did not. I, 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 I never <laughs> even thought about the accommodations that I might have. Well, that's okay. But so, so you might Motivation. be able to relate then. So, but the, the, the point in me bringing that up and the point of that scene in the movie is to show because the, the guys in the shower are not staring at the naked chicks, right? They're not like, mm-hmm. oh my God, look at that. Look at her. I can see her nipples, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's not the point of it. The point of it is to mm-hmm. show that, like, they don't see the gender. They're, mm-hmm. in the, they're in this shit together. They're in this training together. They're going off to this planet to fight these bugs together as a unit, as a family. And mm-hmm. that's what the that scene is supposed to depict. And gosh, I would, I would just love for the army to get to that point. Not that we need to be showering together, but like, mm-hmm. That we don't see the gender, right? Mm-hmm. The the same thing happened when they repealed "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." Oh well, no way I'm going to serve next to uh, a homosexual. Like shut the fuck up, man! Like they're they're already in the army. I don't know if you know exactly. they're, they're, they're already there with you, yeah. right? They're doing the job just as well, if not better than you, right? Yeah. Um, you, you can go all the way back to when women were first integrated into the big army. Uh, my my stepmom served in the Women's Army Corps before women were integrated into hey. the actual army. Um, and I was, I've always thought that was fucking neat as shit. I was like, my mom was part of the whack. 
right? Um, e- even further back when um, we talk about the Buffalo Soldiers, right? Before mm-hmm. black folk were integrated into the, into the regular army. And every time it happens, we're like, it's, there's always this, like, this, this, this big pushback. It's not going to work. They're not as good as me, blah, blah, blah. The, we're the best and we don't need that. And then it happens and there's a little bit of a struggle or a lot of bit of a struggle. And then it's like, huh? It wasn't so bad. It works. Yeah. It, it fucking works. And we're a better military because of it. Mm-hmm. And, and the day we get to that point and we're not uh, discriminating against other motherfuckers because of the, you know, what's between their legs or like, mm-hmm. as Tyree put it, like if, whether they sit or stand to pee, um, uh, th- that'll be the day, right? That'll be the day that like our army, our military will be able to tackle even the, the largest of, 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 uh, you know, fucking world global problems. And we already do a pretty good job at it now, mm-hmm. but like, imagine how much better we could be. We could oh be my so God, much yeah. better. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, look, man, like there's units where it is like that. Like it is good. And again, it goes back to like that command team owning it and it, and men that are holding each other accountable and women having the courage to hold those shit bags accountable too. And it's like, I mean, look at Europe. Like they have topless beaches in Europe. Like they have nudity, like there's nudity there. It's, it's, I think it's like, it's an American culture too of like, 100% sex, sexualizing women. Yeah. 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 Where so when, women, women are just constantly sexualized and then we're blamed for it. Yeah. No. Yeah. So <laughs> when, when, when we, when I got stationed in Germany, we were walking downtown, uh, um, in downtown Schweinfurt and I had been there for not even a week. Right. And there was a display. So like we're, we're walking on the cobblestone is all the, the, the shops on the left and the right. And there's a display out in the cobblestone, um, for uh, a photography shop that was just, you know, like five meters away. And this display was a display of the the photographer's art, and it was nude art. And I was like, "Can they have that out here?" You know, small town <laughs> fucking Arkansas, like over in Germany, experiencing this whole other world, whole other culture. And I'm like, I'm just like, is that allowed? I remember seeing a billboard of just boobs, and it was got milk. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the the German for got milk, right? And and it was just, it's it's not. The, the German folk, the that, Europeans, yeah. they don't they don't look at sex the same way we do because it is it is so taboo here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it, it, hormones kick in at a really early fucking age, and curiosity happens. And when you suppress a lot of that stuff, then then other things arise. And I have I have my own opinions about um the origin of all that uh, in in the American culture. But I'm not going to get into that because we st- we stay mm-hmm. away from that that particular subject. Oh Lord, <laughs> on the show. But um, uh, pretty uh, anyway, it's a whole thing. But no, you're. I, I completely agree. Like the the American culture needs to change, and I keep asking myself, how do we solve the problem in the army of sexual harassment and assault? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not an army problem. I mean, it is an army problem because we have people in the army that do it. But it's an American society problem. It's a cultural yeah. problem that we have, and fuck man like where does it start do you i mean you can you can you can raise your kid to be um as polite as possible and manners and do the right thing morally and ethically and have a good head on their shoulders and that doesn't mean that they're not going to encounter it and maybe they get mixed up in a crowd when they become a young adult and you know, all of that shifts so it's just it's just a whole it's a whole thing but like the the, the american culture 
has to change, but yeah. I would, I would love to see, um, cause you know, the, the, the military is this big conglomerate of different backgrounds, right? We're, we're, we're a subculture in itself and I would love to see the military lead the way in that. And I think in some ways they, they for sure are. Um, and, uh, I mean, this, this, that's kind of what you're doing. And I, ha- yeah. I thought of the question earlier, do you, when you joined, was it in the back of your mind a little bit that you would kind of become this, this kind of uh, pioneer in, in, in all of this? Did you, did you think that it would, it, it would, that would go that way? Or did you even kind of have that goal or was it just kind of something that kind of came up and like opportunity arose and you're like, this, this needs to be addressed and, and I'm in a position to do that. That's a really good question. Um, I, I mean, so when I was in college, the discussion of women going to ranger school was a serious discussion. And I did well in ROTC. Um, like I commissioned first in my class of like 40 cadets. So we had a, one of the largest uh, like schools in the Northeast and at University of Scranton. And um, they hadn't had really the discussion of opening the infantry as an option, but I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted to go infantry anyway. I wanted to be AG because I, I genuinely like, like taking care of people like that. And I, this is, might sound arrogant, but like I always knew there was something more for me. Um, I fucking hated high school. Like I was bullied really bad as a kid too. Like, and I, I only found a place in, in athletics and in sports and, um, I went through college, had like my party phase, you know, like, okay, like this is fun. And, um, got that out of my system for the most part until I went to the white Falcons. But like, I just always knew there was something more for me. Um, and I'm very comfortable in those all male environments. I don't think that I, I that was my place. Like I, I was comfortable there. Like I, I was comfortable in, in that environment just because that's again, socially how my brain wired when I was a kid. Um, and I just truly, I'm not a big goals person either. And I talked to the cadets about this and I don't know if that's like what the instructors want me to hear or what people, you know, the army wants me to say, but you know, rebel with a cause, I guess, but I don't fully believe in goals. I genuinely went into the army with like this mentality of volunteer for everything and do the absolute best that you can do and just learn as much as you can experience as much, as much as you can. And just, just be as good as you possibly can be. Um, not just for me, but like as good of a leader and do your job well. And like, that just opened up a lot of doors for me. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not a big goals person. Cause like, I had no idea like what the army freaking was. Like I like no shit as like a platoon leader, brand new to the army. I didn't know. I didn't even know what the scroll was. I thought like one seven five scroll meant you graduated first in ranger school. <laughs> I had no idea. And, and then, but you're curious, right? Like I'm curious. So I'm going to look it up. I'm going to learn. I'm going to self-educate. Like I need to know. I had no idea. I, I just, 
you know, they teach you cadet stuff for four years, and then they throw you out into the Army, and now you're an officer. And it's like, how am I supposed to be a platoon leader and get saluted, mm. like, and not know these things? So I've just always been really curious and just had the mindset of, like, just work as hard as I can, take care of people, um, and it'll work out. And that's that's kind of how I ended up on this path. And I, I knew I knew I had something bigger than just do like you know do yeah. do the middle. Yeah, just showing up. Oh, all yeah. right. So yeah. this is uh, soldiers don't deserve that. No, they don't. No, absolutely. So this has been an awesome show. I don't want to. We don't want to take up too much more of your time. It's going to slide <laughs> well, into got, the two hour mark. I got one more, more question too, man. Oh, what's your question <laughs> for the new soldiers joining? Yeah. Uh, what would you say to them when they try to follow in your footsteps? What is the uh, what would you tell them is the focus of how you made it through for yourself? Um, how would you explain that to? Well, that's a terrible question. I'm not really wording that correctly. No, I see. I know where you're getting at. Yeah. Um, what would you say to a new soldier coming in? Flat out. Somebody who just like you, wide-eyed baller out here trying to, you know, cross up the nation in, uh, in everything. Like, what would you say to somebody just joining and they see the things that you've done and they look up to you? What would you say to somebody like that? So I would say two things. Um, one, surround yourself with people that you want to be influenced by. And that includes finding a mentor, whether it's a E5 sergeant, a sergeant first class, lieutenant, captain, lieutenant colonel, whatever. Like, surround yourself where and put yourself in areas that you will be influenced by the people that you you want to be like, that you want to be influenced by them. And you sh- you should have a mentor. Like, you should have somebody that you have the courage to go up to and ask, like, I want to learn from you from every race, every gender, like every sexual orientation, if they're open and like not pressuring and asking like, you know, but like different MOSs and being open-minded and asking questions and not just like assuming that you know everything and wanting to learn. Like you have to be curious and you have to want to learn and you have to want to volunteer and put yourself around people that you want to be influenced by because you, you will become who you hang out with. And the second thing is, like, follow other people's paths until there's a point at which you can break off and make your own path. Like, you can't be intimidated by that. You can't be intimidated by being a little rebellious and changing your career path or changing and taking opportunities. The Army's going to tell you exactly what they want from you and what, what to do every single chance they get. But, like, when there's an opportunity to make your own path, or to try something new like you have to have the courage and excitement and anxiety to do that like anxiety can be a healthy thing you have to get excited when you feel anxious and like you gotta fucking go for it so i would say those two things fuck yeah all right Kevin, i what you got? wrote those two things down because i like those two things those are like i mean to me those are i mean they, they seem they seem they seem obvious but they also to me seem profound because i just don't think people kind of stop and think about like you know uh, i don't think people 
was it introspect? You know, you know, they don't think they don't think inwardly enough and about what they. You say you're not you're not you're not in, real big into goals, but I kind of feel like uh, on some level you, you might be. Um, she's walking. More, she's walking more, goals. Like Get out of here. Brain goals. They're not like tangible goals. They're more of like have a purpose, be happy, make the world better, like be a good person. You know, own up to your mistakes and like learn from your fucking mistakes. And like, I've made my mistakes. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not married for a reason, you know. And it's like I failed in that marriage. And it's like you, you gotta own your, you gotta own your shit. So it's like my goals are more like that type of stuff, not like I want to be a ranger qualified in ranger school. Mm-hmm. Like, I that wasn't an option. Like, it's not a goal. It's like I have to. Like, this is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So. I like that too. And uh, I actually uh, so. The, I can't remember where I heard it, but you know, when you, when you make these things, um, musts instead of wants, right. Mm-hmm. I have to do this as opposed to like, um, I want to do this. Um, when it comes to fitness, for example, I have to go to the gym. If I don't go to the gym, I don't feel well. If I don't feel well, then I don't perform well on the other aspects mm-hmm. of my life. So therefore I have to go to the gym. So it's not a goal. It's just a thing that I have to do. Yeah. You it's just a, do it. Right, exactly. Um, so I was going to ask you, how big do you want to take this? Uh, balance your grit. Like, how how big can it be? How big do you want it to be? Um, how much do you want to scale it? Like, what do you have plans for it? Um, something like this hasn't really been done before. <laughs> Story of my fucking life. Um. <laughs> um so I've been in that space before and I understand that if I stay focused on the purpose of why I started it, which is to help people and to make the army a little bit better, um, to help guys, you know, help women, help guys. And, um, if I, sometimes I can find that I get overwhelmed and trying to figure out, you know, how to, how do I monetize this, you know? Am I willing to get out and turn this into something? Because I I fucking love doing it. Like, I love helping these. I love, like, helping these women not deal with, potentially not deal with what I did. And I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Like, I think about it a lot. Like, I try to figure out, like, how big to take this. Um, I'm not in it to get a shit ton of followers because then that means that I've got to create and start training other women to do what I'm doing which they're volunteering to do. So that's really cool. Um, but I do know that if I stay focused on what the original intent and purpose is that it'll work out. Like I, maybe that's, maybe I'll have to mature past that because that's how I've lived so far. Like, again, as long as I'm like working hard, I'm doing the right thing. Doors will open up. Opportunities will open up and just stay focused on, still being good and leading like being a good person and it'll work out. So I'm kind of having faith in it <laughs> in that way. Um, I do have products in mind that I want to create and I, that I want to like sell, not necessarily like I could make money off of it, but I, I, I got to take, it takes time. Um, and I would really have to make a hard decision about what to do with my career because I can't sustain this if I go back to like a one of those jobs where I'm not seeing the daylight. Um, 
I don't really have an answer for that. Like, I would love for this to take off, not for me. Like, I want this to take off culturally mm. in an intangible way. Um, you know, I some of these girls that, like, started following me six months ago and, you know, have been there since the beginning. And, like, I'm looking at their Instagrams or I'll look at what they're posting in their stories. And I'll look at what they're doing now and, like, saying, like, oh, these, you know, I'm mentoring more and stuff like that. Like, there is no price on that. And um, that's really cool. Like, they're just their confidence or, like, their perspectives or what they text me and they're like, hey, this happened today. And it's like, that. I don't know where to take that. I don't know how to take it bigger um, other than this spread of culture change. Doing well, podcasts like this. You should have your own show at some point because I'm sure yeah. tons of people would love to listen. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, and uh, one other thing. Tyree asked the question, what would you tell somebody coming into the military, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and brand new to the whole world? But what about the, 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 the young, the young teenage, uh, girl, boy dealing with the, the struggles there. And you said you were bullied in yeah. school and, you know, Kind of in relation to what I, what, you know, what I, what I'd mentioned to you the other day. Um, <clears throat> Cause I, I, you know, in regards to that thing, like I'm, I'm at a loss. I don't know how to navigate that world. And, um, and I, I know people listening and watching or whatever, they're like, what the fuck's he talking about? It's none of your business. <laughs> but like in, in regards to, in regards to that, um, you know, the, 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 the challenges that come along with, with somebody in, in that position, the, 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 how do you, how do you establish resiliency in, in that person? Um, how do you, what do you, what do you say to that person? How do you, how do you tell that person, look, man, there's bigger shit out there. This is, this is, this is not what it is. You know, it's not, it's not the this end of the it. world. It's, you, you, am I making sense? Because I, I, right yeah. now, like, I'm, yeah, my my words are not working. Because um, it's pretty, like I said, it's a pretty sensitive thing for me, and I don't know how to like really say the words that I'm trying to say. I think it's more or less what you're saying is like, yeah. uh, what is, uh, what would you tell somebody, or, 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 or how would you explain that this is not the the end of it all? There's so much more on top of the start. You know, there's so much more, especially, you know, you can stand on top of the mountain and say there's so much more than just raising your right hand and swearing into this shit. You know, there's mm -hmm. you can be a ranger. You can go through some serious mental shit. You're going to have to deal with this stuff. You're going to have to go through a whole lot of stuff from people who just don't want to see you succeed for whatever fucking stupid reason. Uh, you're still going to have to deal with that and you're going to have to be strong and tough and if you quit, you're going to fucking look back on it and be like, damn, you know, I could have done X, Y, Z. And uh, I think it's awesome that you will have the ability to tell somebody like, hey, this is this is how it is. You know, this it, regardless of what you think is the, the, the top, this ain't it. It can go a lot higher than that. And I think that's awesome. I don't know if that's what you're saying, but I just thought of that. So there. Well, I keep thinking I yeah. keep thinking that that, you know, balance your grit. I mean, you, you want to empower women 
in in military you want to empower women in general but at some point you know you, you know your your following is going to grow um like no lie since i just refreshed your i have it i have it pulled up because I, I use it for reference you you just gained like like nine followers in the last like five minutes i swear to god but yeah i've got a, i've got a post going viral right now it's fucking <clears throat> weird <laughs> <laughs> well it's the badass viral side, yeah the viral side of it is like I'm extremely grateful when a post goes viral, um, but it's really weird. Yeah. It's not, it's especially like, it's not like having uh, like a song or a post or like, or like a piece of art or a product or something going viral. It's like, it's my image and that's, uh, or my message. And it's a really weird space to be in. And I have to, I have to make sure that, I don't, I don't slip in my mind when that happens. Um, it's a very weird space. I'd rather have like a gradual growth, but like a week and a half ago, I had like a thousand less, less followers. So it's like, I try again, it's like to focus on like what the purpose is and these followers, the interest will happen. There's a way less amount of hate on my, this post that's going viral than the first one. That was like a picture of me and my brother at Ranger School graduation. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that one like so I'm like, okay, maybe that's a gauge that like there's you know, maybe less hate on there. But for your question, it's like you know, I've I've been in that mental space of what like when I was sixteen, like I was just like there's no there's no per like there's nothing. Yeah, other than like, like what the fuck? And um, I don't know. I just, I think you know, love. Like, I mean, I had basketball. Like, and the the feeling of love is. Like I brought bringing it back to the beginning is like it's dangerous. Like if you and having anger, I think having anger is healthy. Again, like if you can if you can mesh that anger and love, um, not a lot of people are going to know what to do with you. But you just got to be patient and then and find a way to channel that into something productive and into something healthy. And whether that's art, like I don't think we stress art enough to our younger generation, we stress conformity and this bullshit of like, Oh, being rebellious and like trending is what's conformity with like being rebellious with your fashion and stuff. Like, no, like I'm not talking about that. It's like actually being independent and creating art or like creating music or painting or like dance or just finding healthy things, whether it's like surfing or just getting back in tune with nature and art, I don't think is stressed enough. Uh, Cause you can express your love there. Like you can express your anger. You can express your creativity or whatever you're going through. Um, and that kind of goes back to like doing something that makes you feel love. Um, and then finding a way to like balance and channel that with treatment, like things that make you angry or you don't know how to express it and you don't know what to do with it. And you're angry at the world and like, 
that is like metamorphosis. Like that is, that is what I kind of made a post about today where it's like, when you're at that point of burnout, when you're at that point of complete confusion and complete loss and just you're at bottom, like that is, we should be teaching people like that is where absolute excellence, like metamorphosis, your, that's a huge kind of change. And if you can be patient and if you can sit in that and you can feel it and you can just let it take over and just keep an open mind to see where that starts taking you. Um, that is like when a new life starts and I'm sure I'll hit that point again at some point in my life, but I know that, okay, when that's happening, it's because I I have to change and I have to grow and I have to have a new perspective and I have to find the lead with love. I have to feel love and it'll all work out. And I've just kind of, I felt like that. I don't, I just, I was really fucking depressed, like, in my teenage years, but I just knew, okay, I just got to get to college. Like, I just got to play basketball. I got to get on that good team. I got to play for, you know, do what I love, play and do what I love, and that's what led me to the Army, you know, and then the Army led me to the infantry schools and the infantry units, and I hit a bottom there, too, and that's what led to Balance Your Grit. Like, if you just have a mindset of, like, life is fucking hard, um, it's crazy. It, there's a lot of things you can't control, but you only get one. I mean, there it is. Yeah, and yeah, you only get one. So hey, yeah, and love is cool. So love is yeah. cool. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Again, this is a long, awesome show, and I hate to be the one that <laughs> cuts everything off as usual. But uh, I want to thank yeah. you so much for coming on to our show. Um, there are going to be people who are going to hear this and it's going to resonate with them and they're going to fucking go out there and fucking run through walls after they hear some of the things <laughs> that you talk about. And uh, I think that's incredible. And hopefully people really understand the message that, you know, you like you just said, you get one life. So fucking live it. And yeah. uh, don't worry about the criticism don't worry about all the other bullshit because all you can do is be yourself and be the best yeah. possible you you can and if you love doing what you do you'll be the best per- fucking version of that so thank you so much for coming on to before I forget Kevin you got anything I just want to no yeah like you Sydney you said earlier life is pretty cool when you're a good person and fucking amen to that fucking amen and, uh, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show for real. Like it's been amazing talking to you. I hope we get to talk again. Yeah. Um, definitely would love to bring you on the show. Uh, I'm going to stay in contact anyway. Um, yeah. because <clears throat> anyway, yeah, no, I can't thank you enough. <laughs> uh, Cindy Jacks, everybody like, Oh my God, Cindy, do you have anything? No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the awesome questions and taking this for a long conversation. I had a lot of fun. So thank you. Hey, thank you. And thank you for everyone listening. Please like, listen, share, subscribe, and watch. And share. And thank you for listening to Before I Forget.